Warning, this podcast contains major plot spoilers. The Screaming Skull. Its producers feel they must assure free burial services to anyone who dies of fright. Hello everyone and welcome back to Flash Rewind, your horror crash course podcast from me, the Tape Fiend. Thank you for joining me for episode number six. Today we will be discussing Schlock Theater's best of the worst, The Screaming Skull. Oh yeah, we are talking about an undeniably terrible film, the first of this podcast, and I am very excited about it. I had never seen this movie up until watching it for the discussion, and was simply blown away by its inadequacy. I am unbelievably excited to talk about this movie, so let's jump straight into it with... Plot dump. Dude, so the movie starts with a voiceover saying, This movie is so scary that the producers will pay for your burial when you inevitably die of fright from watching it. Okay. The camera zooms into a coffin labeled, Reserved for You. Now this... This is some fine cheese, ladies and gentlemen. There's fog rolling over a seemingly normal house. A frog jumps on a lily pad as the fog fills the swamp when suddenly... HOLY FUCK! THE SCREAMING SKULL EMERGES FROM THE WATER! Cue the title sequence. And now we have a lovely couple pulling onto the same property. Eric and Jenny Whitlock. They walk into the empty home and the guy immediately starts talking about his dead wife to his current wife. Also, there's a creepy guy staring at them through the window. He ducks out before they notice. They go out to the garden and Eric starts talking about his dead wife again when they get interrupted by Mr. and Mrs. Snow coming to meet Jenny. They decide to stay for dinner and we find out that the creepy guy is the gardener Mickey who also seems to have a thing for Eric's dead wife, whose name is Marianne. Mr. Snow and Jenny are talking. He asks him how Eric's dead wife died. Apparently, she was walking down a hill and it started to rain. She slipped on a leaf, hit her head on the cement wall, and fell into the pond where she drowned to death. Okay, man. After going to bed, Jenny wakes up to a loud crashing sound. She goes into a room to find it's only the window, but she looks over and sees a self-portrait of Marianne and screams for some reason. When she leaves the room, the painting cross dissolves to show the skull. The following morning, Jenny tries to get closer to Mickey by visiting Marianne's grave. Mickey says she cries in the night, and then he runs into the woods for some reason. Okay. Jenny is having nightmares again, but this time the windows are closed. Ooh. She opens the cupboard and there it is! There's the skull! But she doesn't react at all. A human skull just isn't nearly as scary as a portrait, I guess. She looks down at her hands and notices that she has little cuts and she's bleeding. She brushes that shit off, grabs the skull, and hucks that bitch out the window. She then goes back to bed, but the knocking starts again. It takes her like 10 minutes to get to the door, but when she finally opens it, there's nothing there. Nothing until she looks down. Oh shit, the skull! Jenny screams her head off and backs away. The skull rolls at her like someone awkwardly rolled it at her, and Jenny faints from pure fright. Everyone is trying to figure out what's going on now. Jenny thinks it's all in her head because of her traumatic past. She thinks she manifested her mother's death or something. She wants to go to the asylum, but Eric says fuck that because love is better than therapy, I guess. Eric wants to burn the portrait to help rid Jenny of the memories she's associated with it. When they set that painting ablaze, bad shit starts happening. The fog returns, the vases of flowers by the grave shatter, and Jenny finds the skull in the ashes. She screams while Eric gaslights her, saying there is no skull. Jenny passes out, 
right there in the front yard in broad daylight. With a shit-eating grin, Eric takes the skull and puts it back in the pond, but Mickey sees him do it. He puts Jenny to bed and returns to the pond, but the skull is no longer there. He confronts Mickey and slaps him like seven times in the face and then leaves. Jenny goes out to say goodbye to Mickey, but instead finds the full ghost form of Marianne. Jenny runs back into the house and is confronted by Eric, and then he fucking chokes her? What the fuck? Before I can even wrap my mind around that, the knocking at the door starts again. Eric opens the door to find a full skeleton in a dress. He hurls a chair at it, bringing it down to the ground like a linebacker, but it's no good. The skull starts rolling down the stairs. Eric runs outside and lightning starts to crack as a cross dissolve of the skull draws near. Everywhere he goes, he's haunted by the skull. He goes into the car, but the skull is in the front seat. Lightning cracks as the skull opens wide and bites Eric's neck. He falls into the pond as he struggles to pull the bloodthirsty skull off. Jenny wakes up from her fresh strangling when Mr. and Mrs. Snow arrive. Mr. Snow finds Eric's dead body floating in the pond and they all drive away. And that's the plot. Ooh boy. What a whoppa. That was one of the most incoherent plots of all time. But we have more to discuss, so let's jump into the characters with the protagonist. Jenny is a super flat character that is constantly plagued by her dickheaded husband's behavior. She just wants to live a normal life, but is haunted by her past when she wanted her mom to die or something. Also, she sees a skull all the time. There's that little wrinkle. She's stiff as a board, but I do enjoy watching her faint all the time. Antagonist, Eric. Ooh, the fake out. I kinda like the idea of the demented husband torturing his wife with the skull of his dead wife. Kind of fucked up and hilarious. When you look into his motives, he's a real sneaky asshole, and he can get downright nasty choking Jenny in one scene. The way he dies is gut-busting, and he's probably the best character in the movie. But that's not saying much. He's still dry as a bone, but this bone has a tiny little bit of meat still left on it. And the other antagonist, the Screaming Skull, or Marianne if you are inclined. For the first 60 minutes of this 68 minute film, there was little to prove that the Screaming Skull was actually alive and not one of Eric's tricks. Always sneaking up on Jenny, that skull sure does get around, knocking on doors and rolling around. The skull doesn't actually do anything until the very end when we find out Marianne's ghost is real and that skull fucking kills Eric. A very lame monster, but hey, she died from slipping on a fucking leaf. So what do you expect? Side characters. Mickey is a creepy, hobbling, short-spoken, hippie-haired dude who is also the director of the film, if you can believe that. He has an unhealthy obsession with Marianne and dips his hand in the pond where she dies like 29 times throughout the course of the film. He's always off-looking creepy, staring at people and tending those bushes. So forgettable. Mr. and Mrs. Snow. I'll just pair them together because they're both essentially the same character. They're just nice people who have no clue that their buddy Eric is a fucked up individual who plays with skulls. I'd have brunch with these people. Alright, filmy type things. The plot is very bare bones, but fits decently enough in the 50s chiller era. It's super dry and relatively nothing happens the entire film. I love a movie with a killer skull, but the film should have definitely leaned further into the psychosis of Eric or the supernatural aspects of the screaming skull. They just dropped the ball. Characters. Talk about the worst thing in the movie. The characters are unapologetically boring. Jenny wants to fit in, but she's boring while doing it. Eric could have been a decent psychological villain, but he's executed very poorly. Mickey shouldn't have even been in the fucking movie, and the Browns are staler than old breadcrumbs. 
pacing. Snail's pace is the correct term. Everything about this film is super deliberate and it takes a while. For a movie that's a little over an hour, they sure do take their time. The worst example is when Jenny goes to the door. She slowly walks to the stairs and stops. She slowly goes down the stairs and stops. She slowly walks up to the door and stops. By the time she finally reaches the door, we've heard the same knocking sound effect over 10 times in a row. I need more shit to happen, man! Acting. Just about as good as you'd expect. Mickey is awful. He just totally fumbled the performance. You can't really blame the other actors, though. They're alright, it's just the script isn't interesting in the slightest. The writing. You wanna give me something to complain about? The writing is terrible, dude. We have the same scenes looping around each other on repeat until the fucking thing ends. We have Eric making Jenny uncomfortable scenes. Mickey dips his fucking hand in the pawn scenes. The Browns bringing over a basket of cheese or something scenes. And Jenny getting haunted by the skull scenes. Rinse and repeat. Abysmal writing. The dialogue is boring as sin, and the characters are all so stiff because of it. Really, really bad, man. The feel. With this being a low-budget, black-and-white 50s chiller, it has an undeniable charm that cannot be overlooked. When the skull is on screen, even though it looks super fake, I cannot help but smile. The editing. There were some very interesting wave effects over people's faces in Jenny's dream scene, and then there were some delightfully cheesy cross-dissolves of the skull appearing on things like the portrait and the grave and even chasing around Eric. Goofy effects, but if we're being real, the editing isn't great. The actual splicing is not great. There are jump cuts and three second clips of characters doing random things all over the place. Special effects and the kills, starting with special effects. The fog is tasteful. I enjoy that. The blood on Jenny's hand looks pretty average, but you want to hear about the skull. The skull is the selling point, and for it literally just being a plastic skull, it's genuinely kind of fun to see it do stuff. When it just rolls at Jenny from the doorway, I was busting my lungs laughing at that shit. The full skeleton at the end was really fun. I was not expecting a final form from a shit movie like this. And was that a little puppeteering from the skull coming down the stairs? Huh? Huh? Very bare bones, pun intended, but for it being a part of schlock theater's best of the worst, it gives you the cheese you desire. The kills, or kill, because there really is only one kill, and it is a doozy. The screaming skull clamping down on Eric's neck, dragging him into the pond where it eventually kills him. This is the cheesiest kill I've ever seen in a motion picture. He's just bouncing around in the water, holding the skull up to his head. No blood, no screaming, nothing. Just the sound of lightning. It sucks but I love it. Does it deliver slash lasting impressions? Does the Screaming Skull deliver? I mean, no? I don't know, man. This movie has such a legacy for being a piece of shit, so when it's clearly a piece of shit, does that mean it delivers at being a piece of shit? In that case, yes, it does deliver. If you're expecting a good movie, you better hightail it out of here. But if you want one of the cheesiest thrillers of all time, then stick around. The Screaming Skull is a piece of horror history. This is a celebrated film for everything it does wrong. This is a crowning achievement of how a bad movie can still be a fun time. And having it be so short makes it all the more enticing. The Screaming Skull delivers. Lasting impressions. Okay, look, this movie can be really boring and it's genuinely kind of a lazy idea. Like, 
Hey, I have a skull. Want to make a movie? In terms of a lasting impression, you can do much better. There are far more entertaining films and far more interesting films, even from the same time period. On IMDb, this film was given a rating of 3.8 out of 10, and I believe that's due to its cult appeal. I genuinely don't think this movie is anywhere near a 4. So let's jump into my diagnosis. For the plot, I give it a 2.5 because it is highly unoriginal and and it's terribly executed. Special effects slash effectiveness, 3.5. The only reason why it's not like a two or a one or something is because the Screaming Skull itself is shit, but the effectiveness is very, very effective. And for lasting impressions, I also give it a 2.5 because it's it just flies so far under the radar. For someone like me, it's a goddamn goldmine, but, but for the average viewer, kind of forgettable. And with that, I give it a final rating of 2.8 out of 10. And that's it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Flash Rewind. Let me know what you think of The Screaming Skull in the comments section below. And if you enjoyed, make sure to like and subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And don't forget to email me at flashrewindpod at gmail.com. You can leave questions, concerns, episode requests, whatever you want. Next time, we're diving into another film that I've never seen. A film that intrigued me by the cover, and that is... The Nest. Hope to see you there. But until next time, just throw away the paintings of your dead wife already. Let's go! Let's go! Darling, there's no skull there. There's no skull there, darling. There is no skull there, Jenny. That's bullshit.